But I'm going to start a little mini-series, and I'm going to talk about something really close to Jesus' heart. Now, if you want to get to know somebody, you have to get into their inner thinking and get them in their private moments and say, tell me what you really think. If you wanted to uh, talk to somebody, you need to get them on their own and say, you know, I know, you know, while nobody's listening, tell me what you really think. And that's what we're going to study for the next few weeks in the, in the 5.30 service. We're going to get into the inner thinking of Jesus. There are three areas in the Gospels that you can tell the inner thinking of Jesus. And the uh, first area is the Sermon on the Mount. Now, he didn't do that privately. He spoke that to lots and lots of people, but that's his foundational teaching. Then, uh, the second area where you can find the inner thinking of Jesus, what he really thinks, was in a private, intimate dinner. And you can find them in John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, where he gathers his disciples together and says, now let me tell you what I really think the day before I go to the cross. And it's his intimate teaching. It's called the final discourses. But there's a third area that uh, Jesus tells us what he really thinks, and that's in this set of sayings called the parables. In fact, it says of Jesus at one part of his ministry, he never did anything without teaching a parable. And he never shared anything without teaching a parable. In fact, some people said to him, why do you teach in parables so much? And he said this, because I want people to understand me for me so that they will get to know who I am and what I really think and what my teaching really is. That actually, I'm not just going to say what I really think unless I do it with a parable. So are you ready? We're going to study a few parables over the next few Sunday evenings. And the goal is so that you can get into the inner thinking of Jesus. I wonder if you really ever share your heart and say what's really on your mind. Let's go to what was really on Jesus' mind. If you go to Matthew chapter 13, and uh, I mentioned this at the Bible study last week. This is one of Jesus' uh, most uh, unusual parables. Look at verse 24. It's called the parable of the weeds. You might know it as the the wheat and the tares, or the weeds and the wheat. And it says this from verse 24. Uh, follow along with me if you can in your Bible. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was still sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds amongst the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then his weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? Quite clearly, Jesus answers, an enemy did this. Sometimes, you know, you just have to call some things out. 
No excuses. An enemy did this. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may unroot, uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them into bundles to be burned, and gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. The disciples didn't really get this parable straight away. It's one of those uh, parables where Jesus gives an explanation. Now, he tells uh, some other parables in between, but if you go down to verse 36, can you go there with me? In Matthew chapter 13, he then, after the crowds left, now, this is where we get some of his inner thinking. Over the next few weeks, we're going to get into, well, tell me what you really think, Jesus. Let me hear some things that you, how you really think the world works. How many of you want to get on the inside track with Jesus? Verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house, and his disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered them, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. Let's just get clear who's in this. The field is the world. The good seed stands for people, the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people, people of the evil one. The enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age. The harvesters are angels. Jesus is very clear what's going on. There's no, there's no kind of ambiguity. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of an age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and he will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be wishing, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, and he who has ears, let him hear. Aren't you glad that Jesus uh, clarifies some things, but, that, but also that actually this is the way to look at how life works. That Jesus is not trying to be clever, but he says, I want you to see some things of what's going on. Things are happening in our lives, and as we carry on our lives, here's the first thing about Jesus' inner thinking. There are things going on that we cannot see. We think that we see everything, but actually there, are, there is a theater of actions going on that sometimes we cannot see. In this parable, there are two sowings going on. One that's really open, and one that's secret. In this parable, there are, uh, the, one of the sowings is open and causes celebration. Hey, look at all this wheat and this harvest. And one of the sowings is secret and in the dark. Something's happening. 
that you can't first see. The one which is open represents the things that God does. And the things that are sly and in secret represent what the enemy does. And I want to say to you that as a person, if you are open and open with people, open with God, have an open posture of heart, that's usually what God can work with. But if you're secretive and sly and kind of everything has to be hidden, that's usually where you give a foothold to the devil. Now, of course, I'm not saying that we don't have privacy, and I'm not saying we have to be open with totally everybody. In fact, I'm going to talk about that in a moment. But I'm just wondering what, an, uh, what sort of a person you are, whether you're open or whether you're always doing things on the sly. Because actually, doing things in the secret and in the dark often courts and says to the enemy, come and, I'm attract, come and be attracted to me. Come and, come and be attracted to me. You court principalities and powers that are not good for you. One person in this field is invested. He sows in it. He wants to grow in it. He's planting in it. Another person comes along to this field, sows lots of weeds and leaves, and goes. It trashes it, then leaves. It's clear from this parable that there are forces behind the scenes that want to come and trash, leave, not be invested, and then there are still yet spiritual good forces, person who wants to invest and plant and grow. Here's the thing of what I'm saying. Here's the thing of what Jesus said. Understand that some things are going on all the time that you may not see, but nevertheless, they are real. It's clear that an enemy has so sowed in this field, and there are times when you have to call that out. Jesus did, he said, the devil's done this. Now, what I want to say to you today is, stop being naive. Stop thinking that everything that you see and do is under your control and uh, is from what you can influence. There are things going on around you that you have to be aware of. That's Jesus' inner thinking. Now, some of you may be sitting there, oh, this is a spooky service, but this is how Jesus postures the world. He says there are some things that God is doing, that the Son of Man is doing, but there are some things that an enemy is doing. And it's the same in your life, in my life, it's the same in our world. And of course, in our world at the moment, there is a great battle going on. That is more than physical. Can I hear an amen? amen? Much more than physical. Now, here's the big idea behind this parable. The main idea of this parable is, is that the people of the kingdom and the members of the enemy work, live side by side. That actually... There is a mix in all of our activity. We have to put up with this, and instead of always looking for a vacuum-sealed life, 
or a perfect kind of environment, your development will always be in the mix. That actually you can grow and operate even though things aren't perfect. And later on, and maybe even now I should say it because I'll say it again later on, you can grow even if there is a weed growing by the side of you. Because actually that's what the parable teaches. That nothing stops that weed growing to full development and even being harvested. Some people here today, you'll be thinking, there are so many things in my life I can't possibly grow to full fruition. That is not what this parable teaches. This parable teaches that no matter what is sown around us, we can still grow. We can still come to the fullness of what God wants us to do. Should we go over this parable one more time? There, there is... There is nothing that can stop you going to full completion. So I just want to speak to you, encourage you today. Even though you may be surrounded by weeds, you can still complete. Can you receive that word? I think that's for somebody today. I think somebody's got so much in your life that you think I'm going to be choked out. But no, God's going to say, no, I can still grow you. You know why? It was him who planted you. Let's go through it. The field in this parable is the world. God operates in the here and now. Like we heard this morning, God operates in the ordinary. God is not just in the heavenlies. This parable clearly says the field is the world. That's God's theater of operations. He's not that distant for you. So even though I'm going to talk about the hidden world, understand that the outworking of things is in the here and now, in your life, in your world right now. Secondly, the seed in this parable is people. And we need to see the fruit and the effects of people. I wonder what you would be categorized as tonight. Now, everybody's thinking, oh, I'm wheat, I'm wheat, I'm wheat. But I want to be serious for a moment. I want to be serious. Are you wheat? Or is the effects of your life bringing out other types of fruit? This parable says the enemy is the devil. There is opposition to our lives that is beyond all reason. And, you know, it's easy for me to say this at the moment because you can see on your television screens every single day that there is something beyond reason going on in our world. But actually... When things get comfortable, when things go back to normal, and they will, and there will be a season change, I wonder if you will still be as open to the idea that there is somebody and something working against you all the time. Now, I know that there are some Christians that, you know, they open the door and the handle comes off the door, and they go, oh, the devil did that. And God's saying, no, I want you to fix the door. 
I know there are some Christians who are hyper on, on things like that. But actually, there are some Christians who they put everything down to things in their life as being down to their effort or not. And I want to say to you that it is really important that you understand there is opposition against you following Jesus beyond reason. And that's what Jesus teaches. That's his inner thinking. But here's the other thing. The harvest is at the end of the age, and there is a completion coming. Now, I want to say it strongly. I want to say it clearly. This war, this season, is not the final word. The Bible teaches that God will have the final word. God will be the person who turns the key on everything, closes everything down. God will say, this is the end. No human, no dictator, no leader, no one but God will say, this is the end. Amen, church? And that's what this parable teaches. At the end of the age, when God says it's the end of the age, that's when the end of the age will come. So I want to speak to you. Don't be afraid. Mr. Putin will not decide when the world is ending. Neither will the Americans, neither will the British, neither will anybody but God say, this is when the world ends. That's what this parable teaches. The harvesters are angels, and there are spiritual forces for good. Most Christians only want to see the spiritual forces for evil and talk about demons all the time. But there are actually spiritual forces for good. Let me tell you about Grace. There's a girl named Grace. She's a nine-year-old girl, and she came to me at the end of a service one time, and she said to me, Pastor Mark, I see angels all over the ceiling, over the roof of this church. And of course... I was kind of, uh, I was kind of, oh, that's sweet. And she said, no, Pastor Mark, the angels are, they are saying that I'll, I'm going to be with them one day. And they're telling me that. And I said, oh, that's so nice, Grace. She's nine years old. A month later, Grace died in a fire. And you know, that incident, because she told her mom, she told, she told her, uh, all her friends. It was such a strong incident. There are forces and beings for good. And they are trying to minister and to touch you and to communicate with you. And so what I want to say to you today is how open are you? What's the sort of stance that you have because one day, we will shine like the sun. Now, in this climate of fear, in this climate of, oh, everything could, could go wrong, what if uh, some people step over and, oh, the, the other nations get involved and the war escalates? Actually, your destiny is not wrapped up in that. Your destiny is in this parable where it says, you will shine like the sun. That's where you're going. Can I just speak a word of comfort and strength into your life? 
that actually your destiny is not wrapped up in what's going on right now. Amen, church? Here are some lessons. The theater of operations where God works is in the world, so don't separate yourself from the world because that's where God works. That's what this parable teaches. The field is the world. Now, you're not of the world, but you are in the world, and you have to understand that as you serve God in your daily life, this is where you grow the most. So when God says, I plant you in the world, that's where He wants you to grow. Now, this is part of it, being in church, but actually, your most growing will be as you interact, serve, and love the world. Amen? That's the most place where you grow. The Son of Man plants us and positions you. So here's another lesson for you. And He puts you in the place where He wants you to grow. Therefore, He we can grow because He has planted us personally. Now, I want you to understand this. Because you're planted and because God has planted you, you will grow. You, you don't have to think to yourself, oh, I wonder if I'll grow. God has planted you, so you can grow because He plants you personally. Here's another lesson. The enemy plants people in your world. Not just people we don't like. And I'm not talking about the people you don't like. So it means this, that you have to pray, and warfare is really important to neutralize the influence of some people in your life. You can't just uproot them, because if you uproot them, they may uproot us. That's what this says. You see, because what's happening here is the wheat is in the field, and the weed has been planted, and somehow they've become enmeshed together. So one of the lessons of this parable is you have to be really careful who you allow to influence you. You have to be really careful that in that interrelatedness, in your relationships and who you give your heart to, we need to be in the mix of people and in the world, but we also have to be really discerning who is influencing us. Because here's the thing. Jesus clearly says that there are some people that if I pulled them away, they'd pull you away. So who is it in your life that isn't a Christian, that isn't uh, somebody of faith, and isn't really working for the kingdom, but if they were removed, it would remove you? Who are those people in your life? You see, you've got to be really discerning who you are in relationship with and who you've given your heart to. That's the teaching of this parable. And that's why Jesus said, because they are so interrelated, I don't want to uproot them in any way. 
You see, we have to work alongside people with a prayerful approach. That every relationship we have, we're praying about it. Every person that we are in relationship with, that we cover it with prayers. But here's one of the main things, and I've said it just, and I want to say it again because it's so important. The presence of weeds will never stop you growing. You can grow to your full completion. It cannot stop the growth of wheat. You cannot stop growing. The environment may not be perfect, but you can grow completely to what you're supposed to be. So, despite some difficult people in your life, despite some unwise relationships that you may have, how about deciding, well, God, I want to grow. Despite maybe not praying as you should have done about some relationships, how about saying, God, I want to grow. You see, because this is the thing. Please stand with me, if you will. There is a time plan. Now, more than ever before, we, we never used to preach this stuff. We kind of used to, we used to talk about the second coming of the Lord. And we used to talk about the end of life and the end of age. And then, as the church, we kind of got to be all kind of seeker-friendly. And for those of you watching online, and those of you checking in, we kind of got all a bit correct, but this parable says there is a time plan for this world. I want to say to you, as I watch my television screen, I can see that God is shifting the time plan. Now, some of you are going to be quite rightly saying amen to this, but I want to say to you, are you right with God? Because the end of the age is coming. Geopolitical movement in the world is telling us that God is saying, I'm moving the pieces around. I'm moving things and I'm making it the way I want to make it. Not that God has caused the war. But the Bible clearly says in this parable, at the end of the age, the harvesters will come. There is a time plan and he is moving his world to his time plan and he is coming. He is coming. Hey, church, I said Jesus is coming. He is coming back. There is going to be an end of the age. Are you ready? Oh, we haven't said that for a long time in church, have we? Are you ready for Jesus coming back? Are you ready for the end of your age? What if it was that this was the last day of your life and that actually this was the day of your harvest. Are you going to heaven or are you going to be tied up in a bundle and put in another place? Where are you going? Where are you going for the rest of eternity? That's what this parable teaches. That there will be a completion to the kingdom 
we in the church who love Jesus will shine like the sun. That's our destiny. And I'm not ashamed to say to you today, I'm looking forward to that. I had a cup of tea in Harrods the other day. It was really nice. It's nothing compared to what God's got completed for us. Nothing. All of you are judging me now for having a cup of tea in Harrods, aren't you? But there is more than a siren, a trumpet call coming. And I know that you probably think that I'm a happy, clappy pastor, but actually right now I'm being deadly serious with you because this parable teaches that some people are going to be tied up in one bundle and some people are going to be tied up in another. Some people are going to be presented to be shined like the sun and some are going to miss out because they never, ever sorted their lives out by coming to Jesus and saying, I repent. Sorry, Lord. Give me a new start. I've hurt people. I've been a weed. I've actually done things that have moved things backwards. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've spoken against people. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've spoken against you. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've held unforgiveness in my heart. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've watched things that I shouldn't have watched. I'm sorry, Lord, that I have sowed things into other people's lives that haven't been good. I'm sorry, Lord. If you can come to Jesus tonight and say to yourself, I want you in my life fully, then you're going to shine like the sun. Am I being clear tonight? You have a choice before you whether to serve God fully or to play around and be a weed. You see, you've got to focus. Will you focus on the end game of where we're all going or are you going to focus on trying to make a perfect environment for yourself now? It's never coming. You're never going to have a perfect environment. Are you going to focus on, I need my life to be perfect and then I'll grow and serve you, God? Or are you going to focus on, no, I'm going to separate myself to God and love God and the kingdom still flourishes in the midst of the world? Whatever happens in the next few months, God is still going to grow his kingdom and he's still going to grow you. So you need to decide now He's planted me, so I'm going to fill my life with Him. All blessings.